Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. You want to look for companies that improve life, that solve a solid problem for a starving crowd, for somebody who actually has a pain. You want to look for companies who allow us to do things better, faster, and cheaper because these things are never going to go away. And most important of all, like, at least for me, like as Investivas, our community, we invest in companies that do something good for the humankind. Because if like, you, like you're basically voting with your, with your money on which company you want to see succeed. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna. Money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. So good to have you here for another great episode. You're going to love this one. At least I did. So I really hope you do as well. You've heard so many guests on this show talk all about different ideas when it comes to investing. There seems to be two camps that most of them are in, either your day trading or your value investing. So if you like the idea of living your life, maybe you're a parent or you work full time or you run a business and you don't want to be stuck in front of the screen all day, then value investing probably makes sense for you. But what is value investing? Good question. 
Our guest, Kiana Danielle, CEO of Investiva, an award-winning and internationally recognized personal investing and wealth management expert, is here to explain. Kiana is also a five-time author with books including Cryptocurrency Investing for Dummies and the co-author of Million Dollar Moms, which achieved a number one status on Amazon in eight different categories in 2020. So in this episode, you're going to learn what value investing is, how to choose companies to invest in, how to determine your investment tolerance, aka how risky you want to be, and loads of other great actionable value investing questions to ask yourself. I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennium Money. Are you ready to start value investing? Let's go. We've got a lot that I want to talk about, but I want to start with your story. You went from zero dollars to build a five million dollar investing portfolio after you lost your job on Wall Street. And I've got a lot of questions about that, but I want to just start with, you know, what made you make this decision to to start investing after you did lose your job? So it's interesting because the job that I got fired from was something that I I got into because I got interested in investing. My background is not finance or money. My background is actually engineering. And I studied that in Tokyo. When I learned about the power of investing back in 2008 when the markets crashed and I accidentally made $10,000 in a <laughs> fair market, I was like, oh my gosh, who wants to be an engineer when you can like make money when everybody else is losing money? So that was a trigger. I decided to go to New York, work on Wall Street. I got a job on Wall Street within two weeks and it was exciting. I learned a lot. I was slapped with a lot of reality checks about, you know, Wall Street boys and us versus them and the retail traders and all the good stuff. And when I got fired, it kind of fired up uh, this burning desire up my but <laughs> that um, I kind of wanted to help others to understand the power of investing, but do it properly. Because at least at the time that I started out, there was not as much education around investing financial literacy. This is back in 2010. And especially there wasn't that much information specifically for women and moms. And it has gotten a lot better now. It's 12 years later. So I'm so thankful that people are getting uh, more aware of what this, this is about and what retirement really looks like and how to get there. But um, back in the day, not many people were aware. And that was kind of my mission. It became my mission to help people understand how to do it properly. And um, the only way to do it was to not be involved in the corporate world, because otherwise I had to be regulated by all the levels of management above me. So the only way to go about it to actually make an impact was to start my own business. So you you made this $10,000 and you kind of had this light bulb moment where you you learned the p- power of investing. And everyone that's listening right now is in a different phase of their investing journey. Some people are just starting out, just starting to d- dip their toe in the water. Some people are a little bit more seasoned, but tell us about this power of investing. Like when you say that, what does that mean? So I don't want to mention the element of luck that was involved in my first trade ever. And I would never, ever recommend anybody to do the same thing that I did because (laughs) I absolutely got lucky. Like I had no idea what I was doing. Somebody told me to do something and I had no idea what any of that meant. I just did it and I got lucky and made some money. Now, the good news is I was aware that I got lucky because if I wasn't, it would have turned into gambling, which we see a lot in the markets. The reason why we hear many people lose a ton of money in the markets is because it becomes that kind of an addiction and people don't realize that that is not the investing that we're talking about that is going to get you to financial freedom. The financial freedom kind of investing is the one that you're aware of what you're doing, why you're doing it. So for me, it was understanding how that happened and trying to replicate the exact thing instead of trying to get lucky again and going in in another hype hyped up asset just to make another $10,000. So um, that is basically now has become my mission to help people understand. And 
and recognize the differences between what I what we call value investing and day trading. And what I specifically teach is value investing. I don't teach hedge funds how to day trade, even though I could if I wanted to. But uh, because my mission is to help people who are like at a retail basis, they have a full-time job, they have their own business, they're moms, they're busy nurses, and they just want to have their money work for them. And the way to do it without being stuck to a screen all day is to become a value investor. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And you bring up a good point that I, I would love for you to to tell us a little bit more about because I, 2022 is kind of my year, uh, my personal mission to dive deeper into investing. So obviously, I've done this show for seven years and heard so many different stories and ideas around investing. And you mentioned value investing. And then on the other side, there'll be another guest maybe that comes on and is talking about day trading. And and I know as a money expert myself, like I can kind of weed through those different ways of investing, but it's really hard for, I think just people are trying to figure out the world of investing to know what exactly should I do? Like, what is my sweet spot with investing? So tell us a little bit about this idea of value investing and kind of why you think this is like, this is where we should be headed. So look, there are different paths to wealth. You, there are a hundred different ways to go from New York to LA. And it really comes down to understanding who you are and where you want to go. So you know what? For some people, it may be the answer could be day trading. For some people, it could be options trading. For some people, it could be value investing. For some people, it could be real estate investing. The first step in financial literacy is understanding your risk tolerance. And this has this phrase has also been misused for so many years by so many gurus. And when we talk about risk tolerance... We're not talking about just, okay, what do you feel? Like, how much risk do you think you're going to take? Right. That is just one component of your risk tolerance. Once you have figured out exactly what your risk tolerance is, then you can navigate the type of investment that you can make that is going to suit you. Personal finance is personal. Value investing may not be suitable for everybody. Swing trading may not be suitable for, for everybody. I used to be a day trader. Then I realized, you know what? I'm a mom. I don't. I have a business. I don't have time for that. I'm going to become a value investor. And of course, I have friends who are making a lot of money in day trading. So um, let's talk about your risk tolerance and how it's going to help you understand exactly what kind of investment you should be making. So risk tolerance actually has three different components. And the first one is your ability to take a risk. And that has everything to do with your current financial situation, your life phase. Are you in your 20s? Are you between 45 or 60? Are you 60 and above? Each of these life cycle phases is going to impact your ability to take a risk because between 20 and 45, you're probably more growth oriented. You can accept more risk because of the long time horizon. Between 45 to 60, you're probably more conservation protection oriented. You're concerned about protecting what you've already accumulated. You're probably seeking less risk. If you're in your retirement years, you're more concerned about generating passive income to protect your assets we you already have. Maybe you're thinking about gifting. So the type of investment you're going to do depending on your life cycle is going to be different. Not to mention the type of person you are, like how many kids you have. Do you have a business? Are you a stay-at-home mom? Do you have a nine-to-five job? Each and every one of this is going to contribute to figuring out your ability to take a risk. And the good news is this is actually measurable. You can actually measure, uh, I actually give away this risk management toolkit that you can actually go and put in the numbers and then use your calculator to understand what is your ability to take a risk? Is it low, medium, or high? And it's interesting because a lot of our students come to our masterclass and they're like, oh, I, I have really low risk tolerance. And what they were talking about was their willingness to take a risk, which is your <laughs> psychology, and that's great. But then they put in the numbers and they're like, oh my gosh, I have really high ability to take a risk. So then you can kind of combine the two and understand which path to take. And then the third component of your risk tolerance is your confidence in the, in the asset that you're investing in. Now, this comes a little bit more into play if you decide to become a value investor. But even in day trading, if you have confidence that this trade is going to pound out 
a certain way and you develop your strategy based on your internal confidence, not based on what you heard on Twitter, <laughs> that is going to accelerate your success. Because like the reason why people lose so much money is because of this age of information. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you have access to so much information that you cannot really understand which one is like what. Right. Yeah. Like sorting through everything you're hearing, like all the noise. It's just so, it's so much at times, especially right now. Absolutely. So this is like basically a blessing and a non-blessing at the same time because you have every information that you want in the fingertips but at the same time, you have to sort through it. So that sorting through is what's going to give you that confidence. And that's one of the reasons why I have decided to become a value investor based on my life cycle, based on my life choices. I'm a mom. I have a business. I have all these things going on for me that, you know what? I only want to find a handful of assets that I'm confident about. They're going to be around for the next five to 10 years. I'm going to and I do have a method to kind of do the technical analysis, dollar cost average, optimize my dollar cost averaging, but I don't stick to my screen to do that. I just set the system on, on the assets that I'm confident about, and then I go about my day. Um, so these three components, your ability to take a risk, your willingness to take a risk, and your confidence in the asset that you're investing in or the type of investment you're going to make is going to show you which right. direction to go. So I, I have I have a follow-up question. So we're talking about value investing and how how do you it's probably hard to summarize here on the on this podcast. I'm sure you have many many resources around this, but how do you go about finding a value company? Like what does that actually mean? Absolutely. So um, let's first define what, what value investing is compared to day trading. So day tra trading is typically high risk, it's shorter term, and it either requires millions to start or you're going to need to go on leverage, which means borrowing money from your broker, and it's typically an all-day job. Value investing is lower risk, and therefore it could be lower reward, is longer term, is about building wealth, and you can start small, and it takes typically one hour per week or per month. So the way to go about it, if you're a complete novice, um, the best place to start is going through your credit card statement and seeing what companies you are investing, the mo you're spending the most with as a customer. Mm. What are the companies that you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a customer for life. No matter what competitor comes out, I'm going to stick with this company. And then figure out if that category is going to remain for the next five, 10 years. Are people going to need this in the future? So you do need to kind of think outside the box. Maybe there's this is a company that you're just using. Again, I'm using the mom example a lot, but like as a new mom, and then you're obsessed with them, but then think about, okay, five years from now, 10 years from now, are you going to continue to be a customer? How are they dealing with like the uh, having to continue to bring on more customers? Maybe this company has a, some sort of a value ladder that once you're, you're a new mom, like these are the products and then they they're going to be with you for the rest of your life, potentially, or your, your kid's life. So the best place to start really is to start with what you know. There is nothing that is going to replace the confidence that you have as a customer of a company. Right. And then, so then you might be asking, okay, so what about cryptocurrencies? I get this question asked a lot because yes. I wrote <laughs> cryptocurrency investing for dummies. I'm like, okay, I don't know anything about that. So yes, then the next step, if you're not actually active in the cryptocurrency community or you're not actually actively working with a cryptocurrency blockchain technology or a company that isn't um, kind of exposed to it, then you need to do your due diligence. Again, Elon Musk said so is not an investment strategy. <laughs> Elon Musk is brilliant. Like, I love it. I think he's just amazing. But... 
I am not going to just follow what he said just because he's Elon Musk, because I want to have internal confidence in the asset that I invest in. And a very big example of that, I may or may have may not have missed on that quote unquote opportunity, but I did not invest in Dogecoin when it first like started becoming very popular, especially by Elon Musk, even though I invest in Tesla. But I have my own reasons why I invest in Tesla. I didn't invest in Dogecoin because I just couldn't see the value. Hmm. I simply, I read about it. I'm like, okay, I just don't see it. The same reason why Warren Buffett doesn't invest in Bitcoin. I invest in Bitcoin. Why? Because I read about it. I was like, oh, I can see why this is valuable. This makes sense to me. Warren Buffett read about it and it didn't make sense to him. And he's like 96 years old. And you know what? I don't blame him. Like, it's like, he doesn't want to take a risk before he passes on that like it's going to be catastrophic. Like he doesn't get it. So personal finance is personal. Yeah. So, uh, you know, thinking about that, thanks for like explaining that about Elon Musk and Warren Buffett, because I think that gives some context to how you should think about your own investing and, and what really matches up with your with your own internal values. I know you're also a proponent of like, hey, even if you don't want to invest in crypto or NFTs or, or any of these other kind of trendy or hot uh, new investment uh, vehicles out there, but you you still need to know about them. Like, wh- why is it important for us to at least still have this like investigation process, even if we're like, I don't think that's a fit for me? Because then you can act with confidence. Because then, if you don't buy it, so these are the two questions that every value investor must ask themselves before they either decide to invest in something or decide not to invest in something so that they can prevent a panic attack later on. Right. (laughs) So are you ready for these two questions? (laughs) So these two questions, you want to write them down. Question number one is that if I invest in this asset today and the price drops by 50% tomorrow, will I freak out and panic sell? Or will I buy more? This was question number one. And this is going to show you how much you're actually, how much you actually know about. Like this is going to be like some soul searching, right? And question number two is if I don't invest today and hear that that asset is skyrocketing tomorrow, will I catch FOMO and buy immediately at a higher price or will I wait for a pullback? So that is exactly how I came about not deciding not to invest in Dogecoin because it was trending. Everybody was talking about yelling to the moon and people were like putting each other down if you didn't get on the train and it's us versus them and the Walter. And it had all these revolutionary ideas about behind them. But I asked myself, okay, if I don't invest today and I heard that it skyrocketed tomorrow, will I catch FOMO and buy tomorrow? I was like, you know what? No. I'm not going to buy tomorrow, no matter how much is going to go up. And it was because I didn't know about it. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash ETM. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete.me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete.me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one time service, Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash E-T-M. Go to joindeleteme.com slash E-T-M and use code E-T-M for 20% off. Yeah, I like those questions a lot because they seem like they would be easy questions to ask. But when you start thinking about them, there's a lot of layers there. 100%. This is going to reveal your exact confidence to take a risk. Hmm. Another thing I want to go back and just talk about, you mentioned Twitter and obviously all the noise around investing. And, you know, we've got people on TikTok and other social platforms saying, you know, invest in this or invest in that. And it's, it can be really confusing to, to figure out what, uh, what you even think will, will work for, for you. But I, I want to talk about a little bit about like the behavioral side of investing, because you, you mentioned that as well. And, how did you, through your entire journey, like how did you cultivate some sort of strong investing mindset where maybe you weren't shaken by by turmoil, but then you also didn't play really in that ego driven place that I think we can easily get when we when we do have some success around uh, investing? Like, how did you balance those two? Absolutely. So let me be clear. I wasn't always like this. I did blow out my account <laughs> back in the day. So when I was, uh, I was again passionate about investing and I got fired and I was like, okay, I want to learn more. And I started reporting from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And I was like, okay, I cannot go wrong with this. I was surrounded by the best traders, hedge fund managers on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. And I went all in with my $15,000 now. I was like, okay, let me just make this trade that this person is talking about. And I blew it up. So 
that is when I realized and that is when I actually developed my system, which is called the Invest Diva Diamond Analysis. We call it the IDDA for short. And I go through this five-step process before I actually take action on an investment. And step number one is always capital is what we talked about is your ability to take a risk and understanding where you are financially and where you want to go with this investment. Like, why am I getting into this investment? Am I just getting into this investment to prove the Wall Street boy wrong, boys wrong? Or am I getting into this investment because... Like I want to create passive income. Is it because I want to, is it going to my retirement fund? Is it going to generate income in the middle term? Like you need to define that before you get into that. And that actually gets to point number two, which is intentional. You get into that position. You have to define your intention with each and every investment. And this actually, this goes beyond, by the way, just financial institutions. Like, Investing is like investing in yourself, investing in your business, investing your time with a partner or people who are in your in your life. Like this is like investing is not just about money, by the way, and you need to become intentional. And that is how you can avoid getting overwhelmed. Like overwhelm is the direct result of not having priorities and not having intention behind the things that you do. So you want to define that before you invest. Step number three is fundamental analysis is, okay, whether you already understand what that company is, or if you don't, go down the rabbit hole. Like with cryptocurrencies that I don't actively, like I don't actively mine, uh, even though I wrote the book, I don't, like I'm not very active in the cryptocurrency, like sci- from a scientific point of view um, um, world. So every time I want to pick a new asset, I go down the rabbit hole. Who is the community? What problem is this solving? And one of the good things, again, about being a value investor is you can actually, again, ask yourself a bunch of questions to see if this is going to be valuable in the future. Do you want to know those questions? Yeah, tell me. All right. (laughs) So the value asset picking criteria, it, it falls into two kind of groups. Number one, and it's the easier one, is you can go and invest in category kings. What's a category king? A category king is a company or an asset like anything that when we talk about the category, that company's brand name pops into our head. Like if I say online retail retail shopping. Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> if I say social media. I would say Facebook. Facebook. If I say search engine, Google, there you go. So these are category kings. If I get say cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, there you go. So these are category kings. They have enough brand recognition and they have a bigger chunk of the market because they were first in that category. And you can even go to subcategories. Like it doesn't have to be this big categories. You can like look at the category for, I don't know, like shoes for teenagers age, 16 to 18, like it can go even to subcategory, but um, whoever dominates that category is a category king, which is a great place to start your value investing journey. The other site, the other way to go about this, about value investing or value asset picking is then you say, okay, so what if I want to just pick a stock that is not big yet, but has room for growth? Yeah. So in this case, you want to look for these four um, characteristics. You want to look for companies that improve life, that solve a solid problem for a starving crowd, for somebody who actually has a pain. You want to look for companies who allow us to do things better, faster, and cheaper, because these things are never going to go away. And most important of all, at least for me, like as investivas, our community, we invest in companies that do something good for the humankind. Because if like you like you're basically voting with your with your money on which company you want to see succeed. So uh, and this gives you a lot of power too. So there could be a company that like, oh my gosh, this company is like amazing. They're doing so many good things. I actually want to get behind them. And the way you can get behind them without actually going and work with them is to actually invest in their assets. So um, that is the other way to go and pick 
growth stocks or growth assets. Like it, with blockchain, again, like it can look at what problem is this blockchain solving? Is it a real problem? Is this problem going to remain for the next five, 10 years? And um, like with stocks, if I don't know the company, I actually go and look at the management. Like do the people, do their hiring? Is it diverse? And like things that are important for me, like I want diversity. If they're not diverse, it's like a bunch of like douchebags. I probably won't invest <laughs> in that company, right? So- <laughs> You gotta have your standards, right? <laughs> right, and you vote with your money. With your money, that's the beauty of it. It becomes very personal at this point, at this stage. So this was the third point of the Investiva Diamond analysis. We were like going within subcategories within the categories, but um, I, and by the way, I explain all of this in even more detail in my free masterclass. But the next step is something that you alluded to: is that you know market sentiment and like what like looking at what other people are doing and that is absolutely crucial and we call it the sentimental analysis point of this and typically we want to go against the crowd because when something is blowing up and it's like everybody's super hyped up you probably are too late to the party uh, and you want to wait for a pullback and the opposite is also true if something is selling out just because of the like the company is great they can see they're doing amazing things and the future is bright but they had a legal sue, like legal um, action against them. Or like, for example, Chipotle is a great example. Like back in the day, they had this virus yes. that went around and killed people. And then the stocks, everybody panic sold. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to stop eating <laughs> Chipotle. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure, like I looked at the management, like I, I think they're going to overcome this and this is going to be a good buying opportunity. So I bought and rest assured, it was a great, uh, buying opportunity. So, um, so that is when you want to look into the sentimental analysis. And then point number five is technical analysis is where you kind of look at the price action. And this is super cool because history repeats itself and the markets go up and down only and only because of market psychology is nothing, it has nothing to do with math. It's just about people doing the same thing over and over again. And it in the stock market in the, in the markets it appears on the chart it it's kind of translated into the price um so the final point is something that is super cool um and once you master that uh you can look at the chart and like oh look this is like super over overhyped overvalued right now i can see that it could drop back and then you can like literally see how low it could drop uh, the cool thing that you can do is to set something called a buy limit order, which means you can tell your broker that, hey, um, once the price reaches this price, like this level, can you buy this amount of shares of the stock? And uh, you don't actually tell them, you just like click a button <laughs> and you go about your day. And then six months later, that buy limit is going to go through and um, things are like, that's literally how I invest. I only manage my portfolio once per month. Okay, you just gave us like a masterclass in investing. So thank you very much for that. (laughs) You are so welcome. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout-friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. 
From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Ninen, the host of the Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. Talking about money is hard. You know this already. All over the world, people are taught to never talk about money, politics, sex, or religion in polite company. On 50 Fires, a podcast about money and meeting from executive producers Chip and Joanna Gaines, host and financial conversationalist Carl Richards, We'll remove money from that list by having frank, funny, and often difficult conversations about money, the kind we're all told not to have, with guests from all walks of life. In each episode, Carl will invite a new guest to answer the question, what does money mean to you? Their answers will reveal much more than their attitudes about money, spanning revelations about identity, community, faith, family, and the true meaning of wealth. Tune in to hear deep conversations about money and the meaning it holds in our lives. You can find 50 Fires on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, so before you were you were writing books and you were this internationally recognized personal investing expert, what was your relationship with money? Like how did you how did you learn about money? Like how did money become this central theme for your life? Oh, I had a very bad relationship with money. I used to be what I now call a welfare diva. (laughs) And I was, I was a welfare diva and now I'm a millionaire diva. And it all has to do like a lot of it. Majority of it has had to do with my own relationship with money and how I perceived it. And all the lies that I had been told about money and realizing how wrong they were. Like lies like, you know, you have to work super hard to make money, like working hard. Like we've always all heard about like, you need to work hard to make money, right? Right. And then realizing that, you know what? Money doesn't care how hard you work. Millionaires and billionaires aren't working a billion times harder than you. In fact, the hardest people, the hardest working people typically are paid the less, the least amount. And that is because they're putting their resources on things that aren't scalable and like understanding that all these hard workers aren't working, aren't wealthy. So I was like, oh, okay, working hard doesn't work. So I need to figure out a way to work smart. Another lie was that, um, oh, if I make more money, I'm going to be wealthy. Right. And it is so interesting because I, I, that was like, okay, if I make, if I make a million dollars, I'm going to be, I'm going to be retiring. This is very true, especially among entrepreneurs, right? And it wasn't too long ago that I actually won this entrepreneurship award. It's called the Two Comma Club Award within the ClickFunnels community. I don't know if you're familiar with, but it means like once you make or generate a million dollar revenue on your website and there were all these people lining up to get their award because they had made a million dollars. And then like half of them, when you talk to them, they had filed for bankruptcy like right prior to getting the award, they were getting the award for generating the revenue, but because they hadn't put the money to work, because they weren't financially literate, because they were mismanaging the revenue that they were generating, they actually had been had to file for bankruptcy, shut down their business altogether. Wow. And so that is when I found out, oh, Financial literacy isn't a side effect of wealth. Wealth is a side effect of financial literacy. You can make peanuts, and if you're financially literate, you can slowly but surely actually create wealth. So it has been a very long journey for me um, to overcome all of these misconceptions about money and money is evil and all the good stuff that we were taught as kids. Yeah. And realizing how money is just a tool. I love that you share that because there's so much behind money more so than just the how-tos. I share this on the show all the time that it really is the accumulation of all of these things, all the myths, the beliefs, the 
how you were brought up, how you think about it, like all of these pieces that we don't we don't talk about. Like we don't share that kind of wisdom. And yet, to me, that's really where the sweet spot is. Absolutely. I actually call this the wealth ecosystem because it is not just one thing. Like if I give you like people are like, oh, Kiana, just give me this one stock that's going to make me a million. I was like, it doesn't work that way. You need to have an ecosystem of wealth creation. If one of those elements of the ecosystem, like it's not just one element of that ecosystem that's going to make you a millionaire. You have to have the whole ecosystem working as a whole for you to actually become financially free. It's not just investing. It's not just becoming rich and becoming famous. It's not just having a business that generates a million dollars in revenue. It's a wealth ecosystem. Mm, I love this. Okay. So let's say we're listening and we want to make investing like our 2022 goal. I'm going to ask you to do what you just told me you don't like to do, but if you had to narrow down, you know, one, two thing, two, three things that you think we all need to remember on our investing journey this year, what would those be? No, I, I love that question. <laughs> I'm not going to give you a stock. I'm not going to give you a stock pick. Step number one, figure out your risk tolerance. Figure out why you want investing to be the theme of your 2022, where you are right now and where you want to get. Is it to generate passive income? Is it to accumulate wealth? Is it to protect your wealth? There are all different kinds of investment strategies. So for example, for my dad, he's 80, I invest in dividend stocks for him because if you invest in enough dividend stocks, then you're going to have this stream of income that through a dividend payment every single month that can pay for your expenses. For myself, I don't invest in dividend stocks. Why? Because every time they get paid a dividend, you have to pay taxes. And I prefer, because I have a business that is generating money for me anyway, I don't need that. So I invest in growth and value stocks that are going to make more money for me in the five to 10 to 15 year time horizon. So for everybody, you need to understand step number one, where you are now, where you want to go. And then based on that, select an investment avenue that suits your now willingness to take a risk your time management, like what do you do? Do you have the time to do day trading, options trading, or you want it to be more passive? And there is nothing wrong with either, but you have to get your priorities straight because otherwise you cannot be everywhere and anywhere. You cannot do everything and anything. You need to focus on one thing and one thing only. So once you select that, then commit to it. Don't be a ping pong ball. Like don't bounce around. Again, and this is not just about investing, it's like about literally every aspect of like once you commit to something, once you decide on what is decision, decision comes from this Latin word decidere. D means the D in decision means off, and the sedire in the Latin word means cut. So cut off, cut off all of the irrelevant things, all of the noise, and focus on that one thing. Hmm, such good advice. Well, Kiana. Wow, you've shared so much with us today. I would love for you to tell everyone listening, where do they go to find you and connect with you? Absolutely. So I would love to invite everybody here to come. And if you're interested in actually learning about this risk tolerance thing, we have this amazing popular um, masterclass, which is called the Micro Money Work for You Masterclass. All you have to do is to go to investdiva.com forward slash masterclass. Once again, it's investdiva.com forward slash masterclass. And it's a 90 minute presentation. I'll walk you through all the points that I made today. And then at the end of it, just for attending, you're actually going to get my risk management toolkit for free so that you can go ahead and calculate your ability, your willingness to take a risk so that you can go and then select which avenue of investing you want to take. So this has been our number one most popular uh, class training ever that my goal and mission is to help as many people as possible to go through it so that they can start investing with more confidence. Because at the end of the day, you want to be able to sleep well at night. Like this whole money game is so that you don't have a money problem. So, and that comes from within, from your confidence. And you have to understand, you have to do some soul searching in order to get there. That's why you need this risk management toolkit. 
I think both the exciting and potentially very confusing part of investing is just figuring out what will work for you. Yes, it can seem like there are endless options to choose from when you're starting to invest, but at the end of the day, as Kiana said, it's about figuring out why you want to invest, what role you want investing to play in your life, and then matching the companies that you know and like up with those investing goals. The good news is you don't have to glue yourself to a computer every day to invest wisely and build a nice chunk of money. And I think Kiana's story can really inspire us all. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, family members, anyone who you know is really into this thing called investing. As always, you can head to the show notes for all the links to our episode guest, as well as our sponsors who make this podcast possible. I will see you right here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.